Middle of the Pack. Real discussions for the middle of the pack by the middle of the pack. We'll talk about training and racing, but we're here to deep dive into the life topics of the weekend warriors and obstacle course racing enthusiasts. Obstacle course racing isn't just a sport, it's a lifestyle. We are the middle of the pack. Turn customers into fanatics, products into obsessions, employees into ambassadors, and brands into religions. What's up, everyone? Derek Rosansky here, otherwise known as the Obstacle Activist. I am here um, with Megan Beck, the OCR trainer. Hey, guys. And with Charles McDonald. Hey, guys. We are back with episode two of Middle of the Pack podcast. And we thought it would be a good time to kind of bring up a big topic that we see very heavily at the beginning of pretty much every race season, which is ambassadorships and um, uh, sponsorships. Because pretty much from January 1st until the middle of February, all you see is everybody and anybody posting that they're on this team, that team, and every other team in between. So we're going to kind of break it down into, you know, what an ambassadorship is, why they exist, and what the whole point of them is. Um, honestly, it kind of breaks down into three types of people, at least how I see it. I mean, basically, people who want free shit, people who think they can make money off of it, and people that are honestly just really brand loyal to a company and want to rep them. So yeah, we're kind of going to open the floor and just kind of talk about every facet of that and you know what makes up a brand ambassadorship. Guys, we put this topic out online to all of our followers. We've put it out to different groups that we are involved with so our brand ambassador teams and we got some really great feedback listen we get it we represent these products because we truly believe in them or so we say but do we really believe in these products we see so many people that have a laundry list of products that they are brand ambassadors for and then we see people jumping ship halfway through the season. Oh, well, I get a better deal with this shoe company instead of that shoe company. So, you know, there is a big culture to brand ambassadorships in the sport. And we kind of want to continue to talk about this. Yeah. And we were also kind of hoping to bring some insight from the companies themselves and from people who have been doing this a long enough time that they could help out people who have never been able to crack the code or just really, you know, answer questions because all of us have before in the past applied to the same ambassadorship over and over again and never seemed to crack it. So we're kind of hoping to maybe, I don't know, break open the algorithm of how to do this. But how do we do this? I mean, everybody has brand ambassadorships at this point. I know I carry a few. I've dropped some, I've gained some. Derek, Charles, you both also have your own brand ambassadorships. How did you guys going about go about get, getting them? Sure. So, I mean, I think we could actually probably should start and go over, you know, what ones we have and kind of why we personally have them before we even dive into it itself. So, you know, before everyone kind of jumps in in the comments here or whatever and is like, yeah, well, you have this and this and this on your profile. It's true. I do. Um, I have a couple of brand ambassadorships. Um, I have three in particular. Um, the first one being Caterpie, uh, Caterpie laces, they're self-tying laces, self-plug there. Um, and yeah, I get a code if I give it out, 
uh, I think it's like uh, 20 Derek gets 20% off or something like that. It changed this year. But that is the one I've been on the longest um, in, in my third or fourth year with them. Uh, and it's a product that I use. Um, and that's why I like to rep them. I'm also on the Ultra Red team because those are the only shoes that I wear literally for everything. Um, I wear them for my work shoes, my dress shoes, my running shoes, my gym shoes, literally all of my shoes. That's all I wear. Um, I'm also on uh, Endurly. They're pretty much the only supplement I take in terms of running supplements. Although I take other proteins outside of Endurly, those are the three that I kind of rep. Um, for me personally, I am with those companies because it's products that I would otherwise use regardless if I was on the team or not. It's just kind of a bonus perk for me to be on the team to help them out as a company. And yes, they do give me free things. Um, I get free shoes from Ultra. I get gift cards for supplements for Endurly, and I get free laces from Caterpie. But they're brands that I actually believe in. I didn't just apply just so I could get the free shit. So for me, that's why I'm with those companies. I don't know if either one of you two can speak to, you know differently with why you're with your companies and what companies you're with, but that's why I'm with them. Yeah, definitely. So for me, I have been on the Honey Stinger Hive for the last year, and I am on Bandswear. So Bands is a new headband company. That company in particular actually reached out to me via social media and asked if I wanted to try out their headbands. And then from there, they brought me on to their ambassador program. I know that I am terrible at plugging codes. Yes, I get a code. I don't really put my code into any of my posts or into any of my stories, but I wear their headbands for literally everything. And people see that. I have spent my own money on their headbands and they give me free headbands. And I think that's what it really comes down to with these brand ambassadorships. If they're not giving you free stuff, would you still spend your money on it? It shouldn't be something that you're only going to use if it's given to you. Um, I have also been on Gooder and Venga CBD. Um, for Gooder, I was on for the last two years. And for Venga CBD, I was on it last year. We are still waiting to hear back if I'll be brought back on for the next year. Fingers crossed. Um, Gooder doesn't actually have codes. But that, again, I've been on Gooder for the past two years. I have now 38 pairs of Gooders. And you better believe that Gooder has not given me 38 pairs of sunglasses. I have multiples. I have bought my clients, my family, all Gooders. People see me wearing Gooders and they reach out to me asking for a discount code or whatever else. It's all about repping the brand and you just being authentic and wearing it is what gets that out um, in the community. Um, so those are really the brands for me. I know for Gooder, it was the same thing like with bands. I got my first pair from Kelly Sullivan at Greek Peak a couple years ago. We took a picture. Gooder reached out to me on Instagram, asked me to join the flamboyance. Previously, I could not wear sunglasses to save my life. They don't fit my face. I look weird in them. And since I found Gooder, they're the only thing I can wear. And I wear them religiously. The teams I'm on, I'm currently just on two. And I've come and gone on a bunch of other ones. But right now I am on my second year with Honey Stinger Hive. Because, I mean, I like using their products for nutrition during races and even snacking. 
And also I'm on, uh, this is my third year with Team Noon. I am with Team Noon because actually, even though they're a big enough team and they're actually a pretty well-known product, uh, that is one of the few hydration supplements I credit with saving my life during races. Because I have had, during hotter races, I have a, I sweat a lot. Even if I'm taking in enough water, I will dehydrate myself just from doing the race. So, um... I rely a lot on Noon, and that's why I've stuck with them the whole time. They only give us a discount. We don't get um, we don't get like a free monthly stipend or anything from them. It's just like it's the same as Honey Stinger. Uh, you're on the team to represent them and to really just be a person in the community for the for people to look to and say like, oh, this person's uh, using Honey Stinger or using Noon. I want to know more about it. So we're really encouraged to like spread the word as much as we can but there's no both those product companies don't really push us to do anything um and then last year i was on um i'm waiting on also my gooder flamboyance to come in and i've been using them for i think i started getting them in early 2018 you know when they started like showing up, everybody they started showing up on like instagram and i was like what is this about so I bought some and yeah, last year was my first year on them and we got a couple free pairs, but I'm up to 24 now. And yeah, I think maybe I've gotten five or six free pairs from Gooder. The rest have all been out of pocket for me and almost every single one of my posts, I'm wearing them and that's not to like push them that hard. That's just, I wear them bitches everywhere. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and uh, that's how it should be. Yeah. All my other stuff I've been in have kind of helped me grow to where I am. So, and I'll be willing to talk over those when we get to the point of those. But yeah, those are the ones I'm currently representing. And I am every year applying to Team Ultra. Um, so yeah. uh, you and me both. Oh my gosh. Yeah, the sorry, only guys. I ever wear. <laughs> but hey, I'm going to give you a serious shout out, Derek, because this year I joined Caterpie as well. And I know when I was going to run my first ultra in 2020, I reached out to you because I was looking for something for my shoes because I am notorious for having untied shoes. And um, I used your code. And then I think you sent me Caterpie laces for like two or three straight months. So I have this whole story have a lot. of Caterpie laces. And then they were just showing up at my house. And now I am on Team Caterpie as well. And I fully credit that to you. Yeah, and I mean, I think we should kind of even go into that a little bit of, you know, what is the whole point of ambassadorship programs? And even what's the difference between a sponsorship versus an ambassadorship? I think we're obviously going to more so focus on ambassadorships because that's what we more so see, especially in OCR. I mean, most, I would say nine out of 10 people are obviously not professionals in the sport. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's only a handful of actually professionals that receive legitimate sponsorships in terms of- I like, would say it's more like 99 out of 100 that are not yeah, yeah. I mean, Yeah, so I mean, real quick, I mean, I know most people listening to this are probably already going to understand that, but difference between sponsorship and ambassadorship. So sponsorship, you know, you're getting paid by the company. They're paying for race registrations. They're paying for travel. They're paying you to wear or rep their gear in some sort of monetary value, right? I, I'm pretty sure I saw a post from Faye once about um, one of her sponsors, and she was required to like hit the podium in X amount of races per her sponsorship contract. 
So I don't know the details right. behind this all, but sponsorships, they pay you to race, not just to plug their brand. They want to see their name up on a podium on pictures and whatever else. Exactly. Versus an ambassadorship, which is what we more so see for the, you know, everyday racer like ourselves, where, you know, they either give you a discount or they give you, you know, a product pack at the beginning of the year or free product or anything in between there in order for you to them or uh, like rep their gear in some sort of way, right? Every company is obviously a little, bit, um, a little bit different. We'll kind of go into that of what companies ask you to do as an ambassador, but basically you're just representing the brand and in return, they're giving you something, right? So it's kind of a give and take where you're helping the company, but they're also helping you versus the sponsorship where, like you just said, they're paying you to perform, right? So, I mean, those are really the two big differences, obviously. And actually, I think this is a great place to bring up. We did reach out to a couple different companies about what they are looking for specifically um, when they're asking for brand ambassadors and what they're look asking of their brand ambassadors. So one of our um, brand ambassadorships, Caterpie, um, Shane from Caterpie responded that first he started off saying he's not 100% sure how much um, the ideals vary from company to company and if the particular field of company deals with, has an effect on their protocols. Um, he imagines that it does when they're selecting brand ambassadors. Um, but at the end of the day, brand ambassadorships are still a really new form of marketing. We're still seeing social media evolve by the year. So they're still trying to figure it out every single year. He says, there are a few things that we specifically look for when selecting brand ambassadors. Some of them are obvious and others less so. Let's start with the obvious. For ambassadors that mainly operate online, one factor is pretty huge is social media following. This one is self-explanatory, I think, but even more important than the number of followers is the level of engagement a prospective candidate has. I would much rather have a person with 1K followers, but a core group of people they regularly interact with and who trust their opinions on gear than someone with 10K that doesn't have that engagement. There's one specific demographics we look for in regards to our target markets. We are trying to reach that can sway in someone's favor if they don't have as many followers. Lastly is an intangible, which I can honestly only describe as a person's vibe. It's one of those when you know, you know things. He also then goes on to say um, what they look for specifically with their brand ambassadors is just a genuine love for their product. People can typically tell when someone is manufactured and having 50 robotic voices saying buy our product to get a discount, but that really doesn't help. In Caterpie's views, we really love to see stories of instances where our product genuinely increases the quality of life or performance during a competition or training. We believe in our product, so when we have a genuine testimonial from someone showcasing the benefits or our product can bring, it is really awesome. Also, just because we are a smaller company, it always helps us when ambassadors can provide us with content that can highlight our products, be it blogs, photos, or videos. I think that final point is actually a good place for a lot of people to pick up on having a general love for the product. It always comes down to the authenticity. Yeah. 
Yeah, if you're because there are a lot of people who are going to just jump on. I mean, when I did it, when I first started out, like in OCR, I just wanted to have any ambassadorship I could grab. So I just kind of like went out to any company I, that would accept me, even if I didn't use their product. And overall, I eventually did learn of like, I'm only going to represent things that I actually use and like and genuinely love the product but like that's kind of a great place to start instead of just jumping onto whatever you can you know really find the things you love and you you can promote them like on your post all you want or you can just let it happen naturally wait exactly. so I, the other day i saw an obstacle course racer who was eating doritos on their instagram and they were plugging doritos do you think they eat Doritos to train for their races? I mean, they probably could, but I mean, that's right up there with me eating. I ate pizza for my <laughs> races. I mean, like, you don't see me jumping out but the pizza. Hut. It goes into that authenticity. Like, if you're not using something to gain your success, yeah. Yeah, it's not a bad thing to like post it on your social media, but if it's hashtagged ad, or if it comes off as a sponsored post, people are reading through that. They see that you're standing up on podiums, you're running races, you're in pretty decent shape. So you standing with a bag of Doritos and saying, here, eat these Doritos, probably isn't an authentic interpretation of your love for Doritos in the context of your market demographic, the obstacle course racers, trail racers, whoever else. It's You're it's seeing. right up, it's right up there with uh with any if anybody watches UFC fighters they have a monster energy drink uh like contract so when they like win a pay per view fight they have to stand there and kind of hold it next to them it's kind of the equivalent of that of like yes. if you just if you're just kind of like picking up a product like I want this I want Doritos or I want Chips Ahoy. You know, just like posting it out there, it's gonna come off as like, I mean, come on, who doesn't want who doesn't want snack food? <laughs> I really want snack food yeah. right now. I, no, I was gonna say that's exactly what it comes down to in the sport. We see so many people repping so many brands. We're getting lost in, uh, is this just because they're telling you to like it, or do you actually really like it? Right, and I think that's why you know certain companies when they're doing their ambassadorships a lot of them can actually see through that for a lot of people and are trying to go away from that because they've i mean there's obviously a couple different approaches as a company right when you're picking an ambassador you can be company a who picks somebody who just picks your top influencer where they have a million followers and like you said they'll rep anything and anything and they just don't care they just want to get that exposure um that company typically not always but typically does less um they don't do as well because they're just basically getting exposure you know the person that's you know repping them or being an ambassador for them is not truly actively engaging in what their product is and actually believes in it right versus you know kind of what shane was talking about is you know the vibe that person gives off you know if they're engaged in their community and it's a product that actually benefits or helps their life in some way or their training in some way it's it's much more genuine, right? You get a much better feedback off of that. And I think that's why people go and they get upset because they don't get ch chosen by company, you know, B, 
but it's because company B can see right through that, that you literally just want to rep anything and, and everything. I mean, yeah, I think that's where you see a lot of times that there are people who are switching their brand ambassadorships in the middle of the year. And they're saying, oh, well, I didn't get selected to this nutrition company. So I'm going to do this nutrition company or, you know, I was on this one, but this team gives me a better discount or better gear or better whatever. And they're so influenced based on what they're getting from that company that they're losing their authenticity to what's actually helping them. At the end of the day, if a product is not making you a better athlete, a better racer, a better whatever, why are you using it? That should be the number one thing, not because they're giving you free gear or free food. If you're not using it to race with, if you're not using it to train with, if it doesn't improve your life, it should not be promoted on your social media. You should not be talking about it. You should not be involved with that company. 100% agree. And I mean, that's the same thing with, so like I said earlier, I'm on ultra red team and I had one person in particular who had been talking to me for the past year and they're like, Oh, I want to get on ultra. I want to get on ultra. Uh, and they basically more or less just wanted to get on because they wanted free shoes. Um, and then they were upset when they didn't get on this year for 2021. And the same day where they're like, Oh, I didn't get on. They posted a story of a totally different shoe brand. And like, look at these new shoes I got for, you know, the race coming up. And it's like, well, you were just saying how badly you wanted to be on ultra. And now you're repping a totally other brand while they're still doing applications. Like no wonder you didn't get chosen. Like, they can tell that you just don't give a shit about the company more or less. So like you can't lose that authenticity. Um, you know, a lot of companies will see through that. And I think any good company should pick ambassadors who actually, like you said, are going to use their product regardless if you're on the team or not, regardless of what they give you, you're still going to pay for it out of pocket. Right. I think that also tags on to, but, uh, if you are like, say, if you are pushing ultra, and then once you don't get it, you jump into, I got these shoes from this other brand. Not only do the companies see that, your fellow racers and friends see that. And granted, it's only your social media, but it speaks volumes about who you are as a person. If you're just jumping around to product to product to product just to try and get them, it's gonna leave a bit of a stink, especially if it's people who don't know you in person. If they only know you from Instagram, they're going to see that, like, I wanted to be on Ultra and now I want to be on this. It's like, so how it's going to speak about your personality as well. And that's something to kind of actually be aware of if you haven't jumped on to any, if you're still trying to jump on into ambassadorships. Really, we have, we look at these brands and think there's no way they see what we're doing. They don't take notice. But if we're hashtagging their products, if we're tagging the products in our pictures, if we're talking about them and using all of our tools that social media tells us we have to use in order for people to see it, they notice when you're posting. Ultra is not going to select you on their team if you're not tagging them in your runs in the spring, summer, fall, and then you go to apply in the winter. They, I'm sure they don't take tallies, but they recognize people's names. The more somebody's name comes up, the more it's on their forefront. So yeah, right now we have a lot of people that probably just applied to Gooder Flamboyance. If Gooder did not see you tagging them or 
you know, interacting with their stories or entering their giveaways, they don't know your name as well that as somebody else. And they're probably not going to select you again. I don't know what Gooder is looking for, but we have to be authentic with what we're using and the companies will take notice and you're going to be more likely to get onto a brand ambassadorship because of how authentic you are towards that brand in your everyday life. 100% agreed. I mean, and that's honestly the whole point of it, right? You're supposed to help the company and the company is supposed to help you. It, you know, again, it goes back to the constant give and take. That's the whole point of an ambassadorship. And like you said, companies are definitely seeing that. So when people get upset why they're not on it, you should probably look at what you've been doing for the, you know, back half of the entire year up until that application. It's the exact reason why I didn't apply to Gooder. Like I, I think I told both of you, um, you know, outside of the actual podcast is I don't own any Gooder sunglasses. And I had at least five or six people tag me in their application post. And it's like, oh, are you applying? And I said, no. It's not that I have anything against Gooder. It's just I'm not going to apply when I haven't been interacting or haven't been using their products really at all, right? So it just makes no sense. But like you said, people are going to try and take whatever they can take just so that they gain some sort of notoriety out of it, right? Definitely. And I think we really are touching on a good point. And I think a few people actually mentioned it online. Um, Raymond from our Honey Stingers chat actually pointed out that brand ambassadorships really need to be a two-way street. Um, Continuing on from there, actually, our good friend Chrissy said, a brand ambassadorship should mutually benefit the company and the athlete. The athlete is best off representing a company brand product that they genuinely believe in, not just for the sake of looking cool because all the companies want to partner with them. Really, we want to be wanted by the company. If the company just sees us as free labor, what's the point? We want them to want to continue to improve our performance. They, we want them to improve our social media interactions, our insights. We want to get eyes not only on their product, but also on us. That's why we work in this relationship together. If a company say, I know I'd been, I had gotten messages from multiple people a few years back from that supplement brand FNX. At one, oh yeah, I believe it's pronounced Phoenix. Phoenix, yep. whatever. And it was yep. like, okay, we're reaching out to everybody under the sun. You have to buy into our product and we give you a code and we give you a commission, but like, where are the perks? We don't, we're not getting anything really from you. Mm-hmm. You won't even let us try your brand. We have to pay all of this money into it. And at the end of the day, I, I mean, I didn't sign up for them. I don't think either of you signed up for them. So we don't nope. know nope. what they were giving in return. But I have never seen anybody post online about, you know, swag or anything they've gotten out of this supplement company. And you best believe the people posting about these supplements weren't posting here, look at my results. I, I, know, I know of one person with Phoenix still on them who posts and I'm not calling him out by name. Um, but it's never what, from what I've seen, it's not a requirement of anything specifically. It's just like, here's my code download it, which if anybody's looking for ambassadorships and you do come across these companies where like, you need to buy in to our company. It's a massive red flag. 
like for these guys it doesn't matter how big their name if if i even for me in general uh if ultra were to be that way like you have to buy in and buy our shoes i'd be like no i i don't really i don't i i find it a, a huge problem if there's a requirement uh for them um which i some race companies even have this um back uh two years ago because oh, it's 2021 so 2019 um 2019 in the 2020 bone frog required people to buy a specific team jersey to be on their team and i found that to be a huge problem because bone frog is i mean they're a growing race company but you shouldn't have to buy in when they're a race company they should at least give you the option of like hey you can buy in and get this uh you can get this legendborn jersey and i would like to say it's no fault of legendborn it's what bone frog required um but it should just be even just like a cotton shirt but it's a massive problem and it's an abuse of your social media and your brand and your name and likeness for them to be like hey buy this because i know early on especially for early on in ocr high elite was the same way you had to you could get their brand ambassadorship but you had to buy exactly and honestly i think that's the very two different approaches of kind of what i was um, getting at earlier with company a versus company b right mm -hmm. company a like you said just you know like highly and things like that which i actually love highly gear it's all i wear um, but um if... do you remember that time <laughs> you asked for my email address just so you could yeah. get the professional discount uh yeah i love their shit it's great um so i mean if, if they want to give me an ambassadorship i would rep them all day but no from I mean like companies just like you said uh phoenix or fnx or whatever it is their kind of take on ambassadorship, and I think what really started it, honestly, was the whole Gymshark trend. Gymshark, uh, First Form, FNX, just to kind of name a few, those are the ones that really started out with, all right, we're going to use our ambassadorship not really to grow organically, to grow our company, but we're going to get as many people as possible, even if you have two followers, as long as you have a social media account, we're going to offer you an ambassadorship we're not going to give you anything in return. We're not going to repost you. We're not going to do anything. We're going to give you a discount code. And in order to be on the team, you have to use our product. So mm -hmm. in essence, they're using their ambassadors to create their customers, right? Versus yeah. what I know you're really big on, Megan, which is organically growing your following, mm -hmm. which is what companies like, you know, Caterpie, Enduralite, Ultra, Honey Stinger, you know, all those companies, they want you to rep their company because it's a product that you truly believe in and actually use and people in the community, you know, see that and you have some sort of, you know, resemblance in the community and then they're going to go and then buy the product on their own. Or if there's a discount code, obviously they'll use your code. But those are the, you know, the big differences between the companies who use their ambassadors to be their customers and just sling codes. That's the ones that, and you know, my opinion, people get annoyed with versus using a company that, you know, you truly believe in the product to grow it organically, right? Yeah, I've gotten a lot of Facebook messages and Instagram messages anytime I post pictures in my gooders or in my headbands, just people saying, hey, I love those, that headband. I love those sunglasses. I love what you're doing. And from there, instead of me constantly posting you know my discount code or posting directly on my post hey check out these xyz i 
just comment back to people, hey, yeah, this is one of my favorite headbands from Bands Wear. Go ahead, take a look. If you decide you want to order something, let me know. I have a discount code for you. People would much rather see somebody really using a product. In fact, Bands a couple weeks ago reposted one of my videos where I was doing handstand walks and I was wearing a headband and all they posted was it never moved or talking about how the headband stayed in place the entire time. And that is their biggest thing. They want to see their ambassadors really using their products and getting as much as they can out of it rather than saying, Hey, I got a discount code for you. Honestly, I don't post discount codes at all. I never have made money off of it. So I don't even bother. But then somehow in December, I check my email and there I had like $30 from people using my discount codes on Bandswear. Like that's amazing. I didn't post any codes, but hey, people saw it and they saw me using it and then telling people what my code was at the end. And yeah, they used it and I made some money off of it. Yeah. And I mean, I think that goes without saying for pretty much any company and any brand as well. So, I mean, so I have a friend here, uh, his name is Garrett Hoover. He is actually runs his own personal training business, uh, Hoover fitness. So even outside of the OCR realm, um, you know, he kind of threw in his intake on, on everything. And he said that, you know, he really looks for products that he uses himself. Right. Um, so he uses rain, and C4, he's used those supplements for years because he's a big supplement junkie. And he's always trying to find ways to enhance his workouts. Um, but as an athlete, he looks for products that tries to align with his training, his goals, and his objectives. Um, he also likes to look for brands that are new and small to get them to grow organically, like we were saying. Right. And he said that one, you know, negative aspect about ambassadorships that's kind of brought into, you know, athleticism as a whole or even the OCR community. That he kind of mentions is that you know at times you see the classic influencer basically they sell their own image out to the brand instead and now that actual person is no longer being themselves right they're kind of being um, disingenuous they're kind of being you know essentially fake and at that point it's a negative and becomes a detriment to our community as a whole um you know rather than a benefit so you know and i think that kind of goes along with basically what you were saying megan of you know growing that or, you know, that following um, organically and using a product that you actually believe in versus just slinging codes, right? Definitely. And I think what um, Garrett was just saying kind of aligns with this hilarious comment we got on Instagram from Skylar. He says, brand ambassadorships are really just a way for companies to exploit naive fitness enthusiasts by give, getting them to work for free. Ambassadorships are brilliant if you want to grow a company, not worth it if you want to make money. Discounts are nice, though. Also, nobody is ever going to click and use our codes. If you have too many ambassadorships, you look like a hoe. <laughs> oh, that's so true, though. I mean, you go to some people's profiles and there's 20 lines of use this code for 20% off, use this code for 10% off, get 10, get 5% off for this, you know, blah, 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 blah. Just like at that point, I'm like, all right, I don't even want to follow you anymore. You're literally just a walking ad. Exactly. If all of your hashtags are company names and company taglines, I want to look at it. In fact, I opened up my Instagram this morning and I saw um, one of everybody's favorite um, 
gear companies, their ambassadors were posting all the exact same picture about 15% off. And it's like, where is the authenticity in that? If you are telling your ambassadors, you need to post this picture, say this, how is that working? Nobody is going to use that code. Nobody is going to buy it straight off of that. We want to see people using the products. We want to know that these are just your select few companies that really help to enhance your performance in it on and off the course. I'll be all right. Say I'm okay with directly talking about that company because I've had experiences with them in the past. Um, oh, Derek, we're getting into your shit talking. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, actually kind of going into that, Charles, kind of walk, you know, walk us through that. So, I mean, with the ambassadorships that you have, um, I know you said Gooder, I think you said Noon. What are the things they actually, as a company, and I don't know what you're allowed to say and what you're not allowed to say if you have contracts with them, but, you know, what do they actually, you know, require of you to be an ambassador? Because obviously every company, like we said, goes about it a different way. And I know you said you've already picked those companies because it's, you know, it's products that you believe in and what you actually use regardless. But what do they require you to do as an ambassador? Do you like, do you feel like you're being, you know, um, I guess not, you know, not authentic or are they small things? Like what do they require you to do? Um, right now with, I can tell you Gooder doesn't actually have a lot of requirements. Um, they just, just kind of love their brand. They literally are just like, wear the sunglasses and just, you really just do that. It's really kind of up for you. Same with, um, but really you should have a personality too and like to have fun because if you're not fun, if you're kind of just a boring take life serious, you're never going to make it as a flamboyance member. Uh, and then along with Honey Stinger has not actually given us a direct, uh, I mean, contact with them or even what our requirements are to be there because we don't have discount codes or anything. I can tell you Noon is looking for actual people who are active in whatever sport they're they're in. They're looking for people who are active, who are posting. You don't have to have a massive following. Um, you, I mean, they do want you to obviously use their their product, but they are looking for genuinely good people. They're not going to look for people who are just slinging whatever like code they can get out there. Um, I can tell you, I had an ambassadorship with Legendborn in 2020. It was my second shot at getting on with them. The only we didn't have a lot of requirements for posting. But the requirement with Legendborn was if you are a Legendborn ambassador, you are required to race in a Legendborn jersey. We weren't required to, we were encouraged to repost stuff, especially like the discount codes and stuff. We were encouraged to get that stuff going on our social media, but it was never like you had to do the post. You can do the story. So it is kind of surprising to see so many people doing a post with that. And we did reach out to Legendborn to see if they could give us some insight on how they make their selection, but we we're not really given any insight and kind of given the uh, duck and dodge on it. Um, I can tell you based on when I applied in 20 for 2019, I didn't get selected and I was told there was a criteria of just community involvement and uh, um, owning a certain amount of jerseys, which I feel like, yes, you should own some of the product, but Legendborn jerseys are built to last and they're expensive. And that's also kind of the buying into the product thing. How much do you want to buy in? Right. Yeah. But, um, and then um, my personal story is Legendborn, why I didn't go back with them. And it's not that I didn't fall out of love with their product. I still wear their jerseys. 
my my local race team we are still putting out race designs with them um i fell out of love with them because the way their social media was handled um even though i wasn't racing i was still posting photos in my jersey um all my jerseys i would tag them and i didn't get promotion it ended up being the same people over and over again and it got worse as one of the ambassadors who was a captain took over as the ambassador and social media lead so it kind of got worse and i just kind of let it i just kind of let it ride and i was like i'm okay with not being on the team anymore because i didn't feel equally represented which if you're on a team granted if you're on ultra ultra is a big company you're, you you might be lucky like Adam who got his photo used for uh what was it the 2020 applications right I mean yeah. Adam has some like hardcore epic yeah. photos in the white mountains that he yeah. has his friend professionally take exactly. he takes yeah. pictures yeah. like every day oh uh, yeah <laughs> well but he like, also has a couple friends that follow him around and take awesome yeah. pictures but like, Adam, if you're listening, I love you. but like we love you Adam yeah we do <laughs> when you're with a company though they should be liking your posts they don't have to repost them but they should at least be liking and acknowledging like honey stinker and noon exactly. likes all my posts and i honestly i tagged them in my posts because i mean noon's very hard to tag in your post because unless you're directly drinking or just got a, like a load of product noon i wear their i have a couple hats or uh, honey stinger i have a couple hats and I use their product as nutrition on my longer runs. Uh, but they, I tag them on my post because they, I'm an ambassador for them and they actually openly comment or at least like my post. I didn't get the same treatment from Legendborn and I was okay with just distancing myself from that scenario because I wanted to feel equally valued and that's how you should feel. If you're an ambassador, they should at least be looking at you or they should at least have bots that can at least like their ambassador photos. You know, you right. have to have value in these in, the, in, in these scenarios. I will say, I obviously I've worked with Gooder for two years. I only tag Gooder in my posts when I'm physically wearing some sunglasses. And it seems like they like every single thing I post, regardless of if I'm wearing sunglasses or not. And that is what it should come down to. So it's funny because I did post this out onto Honey Stinger for feedback. And I got a lot of insights from people. And Michael said um, he's noticed just in working in sports photography that professional athletes and um, some up-and-coming athletes don't seem to grasp that you need to be a good person to get better sponsorships and whatever else. And I think that also goes to say for the companies, you need to treat your brand ambassadors very well. You need to be good to them, you know, like their posts, comment on their posts, share their posts, because it needs to be that mutual relationship that we've already talked about. And it sounds like that just wasn't the case with Legendborn. And that really honestly breaks my heart because you see Legendborn everywhere. Yeah, Legendborn is everywhere and they are still a great company. I wish them well going forward, but we actually got a little bit of insight on how Legendborn is revamping their work this year. And also we have some direct insight how uh, people should go about getting selected for ambassador teams and how they should manage their own social media profile. So I would like to welcome to the podcast, Julie, who is 
co-owner of Phoenix Race and is also the marketing manager for Legendborn. Uh, Julie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. So uh, this week we're talking, uh, like we told you before, all we started, we're talking ambassadorships and we know you have some history with uh, marketing and then also with Legendborn. So real quick, we wanted to get your kind of take on it, um, how people can approach ambassadorships, what's like the do's and don'ts and really kind of what like some companies would actually be looking for when it comes to picking their ambassadors. Sure. So I think it's um, important for athletes to understand that each different company is going to have different criteria um, and what they're looking for for ambassadors. So it, it may look different on each uh, different platform of, of company and, and what type of company and what the goal is for their ambassadors. But, um, you know, just some general good rule of thumb for um, athletes looking to become ambassadors would would be to have a, a, a pretty good positive, upbeat social presence, um, have, you know, everything being a Debbie Downer on, on your social media or too much, um, too much junk, I call it in your social media. Uh, maybe that may be daily memes or something of that sort, but, um, those types of things are, are a little bit of a turnoff, um, for me personally, when selecting ambassadors, um, keeping, like I said, keeping it positive and upbeat, Definitely growing your social following um, by offering um, not just posts all about you, but maybe some informational posts, um, things of that nature and your sport. Of course, I'm OCR. So, um, you know, we talk a lot about OCR training and tips um, in our social media with our ambassadors. Um, also, you know, just kind of cleaning up what you post that's that's important to a lot of companies to align themselves with ambassadors that um, have a good representation of their company and their product out there in the in the social force so <laughs> social media does play a huge a huge aspect of selecting ambassadors um, also like our ambassadors for Phoenix race do a lot outside of just social. So it was, um, the selection criteria was different for, for that team in that I wanted folks who, um, you know, there's a lot of people who may be really great at social media, but not necessarily in person conversations or those types of things. So we selected a good, um, a good crowd that we can also utilize at, the venue, you know, they can, they can welcome folks. They can say, Hey, do you have any questions? What can I do for you? And they're, they're talking about the events at their gym or their trainings or other events that they go to. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's important for athletes to remember that depending on what the ambassador role plays, different criteria may be, uh, required. That's such an awesome point to bring up that, you know, it's not, just about social media. Yes, that's a huge thing, but being a face recognizable in person and being able to engage with the audience when you are out on the race course at the venue, that is such a huge part of it. I know that I've been approached at races for people saying, oh, I recognize you for this, 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 and being really able to relate to them is going to reflect so well on the brands. Um, now, a lot of people talk about their 
um, followers and think, oh, the more followers I have, the more opportunities I have. But as we're diving deeper into brand ambassadors, we're realizing it's not necessarily about the followers, but it's about engagement. Can you talk a little bit more on what you've seen from your different ambassador teams in terms of engagement versus followers and what has really made a solid ambassador when it comes to engaging with their um, social media following? Absolutely. So I am uh, obviously a woman, so I can speak to this from a woman's point of view. Mm -hmm, Definitely. um, You know, we have, I have looked at um, potential ambassadors who have thousands upon thousands of followers. And as you look down through there, um, you know, maybe there are some pictures where she's a beautiful girl and the, the folks are commenting um, based on her beauty or based on the photo that she posted. But it's not necessarily an engagement that would drive business to our brand or an engagement that our brand would be necessarily interested in. So what we really look for are more like the meat of the uh, engagement. You know, if somebody posts... Um, you know, I, for example, I posted a rope climb. Um, here's here's a short tutorial video on rope climb, you know, basic obstacle 101. And if people had questions on that video, it was important for me to get back in there and interact with them and give them an answer right away. So you can post a, a fantastic quote or a picture of, you know, uh, your your newest medal. But if you're not actually engaging and having people engage with that content, um, it, it's kind of pointless to have all those followers. <laughs> that is such an awesome point to bring up. Um, I I love just looking at the different people online and seeing how they're engaging with everybody. I know as a female in particular, you know, we'll get the, oh, collab, DM us based on, you know, what I'm wearing or whatever else. And it's not always the kind of people I want to engage with. And I'll just kind of delete those comments or ignore them. And then always trying to like and um, respond to people who are reaching out to me based on what I'm typing in my comment or what's going on in the picture of the post. Absolutely. And, you know, my personally for me, when I started trying to ramp up, I guess, my social media presence in order to become brand a brand ambassador, um, my, my goal was motivation, you know, motivating others to say, Hey, look, you know, here was this chubby 37 year old new divorcee who took on OCR and cried at the start line of a sprint, but yet 12 months later finished an ultra, you know? So it was to motivate more people to get involved so that they had the opportunity for OCR to change their life. Like it did mine. That's incredible. Thank you. I think once your social media has a a mission and a target, it becomes a lot easier to follow and and interact. And then it organically grows. I love that. Organically is like my bread and butter for social media. We see so many people that are buying followers, buying comments and thinking this is how to get you know, brand ambassadorships, sponsorships, working with all these companies. And especially in the sport of obstacle course racing, we need to um, point out that followers doesn't equal engagement. We want to be authentic, organic, um, and really grow this sport within our communities. And instead of just trying to reach the masses who probably aren't going to come out and join us onto a course. 
Absolutely. And for me, um, for when I'm selecting brand ambassadors, it is so much more about the person they are and what they bring to the team. Um, I'll give you a quick no names story that is something that will sticks out in my mind so much. But, you know, I shared with you, I was very new to OCR and terrified. And um, that was in December. And then in February, I went to another event and I had followed this pro racer online and she was there. And instantly it was like a little kid seeing their mm-hmm. favorite celebrity, you know, mm-hmm. Been there. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I engaged with her and I spoke to her and she was like, Hey girl, anything you need, you know, I'm here to help you. And at the next event, she was there and I was like, Oh, she's going to remember me. And, you know, I went up to talk to her and she was extremely rude. Ooh, and then we were on the course. Yes, we were on the course. And of course I was running open and she was running competitive. And there was a line for the obstacle. And as she came up to it, she starts screaming, you know, get out of my way. And and there was a lot more to it than I won't put on your podcast. But, you know, uh, you know, just cussing and screaming at people to get out of her way because she was racing competitive. And it just totally ruined my perspective of that person. And she then applied to be an ambassador for one of my brands after I grew in the sport. And that particular, she probably has no idea I was even standing there or any of that, but she will never be a representative of my brand because of the way that she carried herself at that Mm. situation. So I think it's, you know, not just important for people to look at how they are on social media and what they post POST to be, um, but to also carry themselves like that in daily life too. And in front of um, others that that are, they can be so influential to. And I, and I can speak from a little different kind of perspective. I will be the first to admit if I'm like race brained out on a course, um, you know, I get really heated into it. But the second I get off of a course, if I said something like get out of my way or, Hey, you didn't do your burpees. If I see that person, I'm going to go up to them and say, Hey, listen, no hard feelings. Um, I was in race brain. Um, I hope you forgive me. And like being able to be humble enough and have the humility to say, hey, when I'm racing, I'm competing. But as soon as I get off the course, I don't want you to ever think that this is who I really am. Yeah. Right. Oh, oh, the amount of volunteers I've had to apologize to. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so mean during races, but afterwards I'm so nice. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. But I go and apologize. Like, yeah. <laughs> and that speaks volumes. Mm-hmm. I think everybody can be guilty of that, but it's being able to identify that you did do something that probably doesn't put the brightest light on you and go back and say, hey, listen, I'm sorry. That's not me. Um, but talking a little bit more about the business side of it all, Julie, what do you see that makes for a successful brand ambassador if somebody is looking to like make a commission off of their brand ambassadorships or really boost themselves um, from a business standpoint? So most of our ambassadors on the Phoenix squad have um, a individual skill set that was very appealing to us. Um, 
particular, you know, our situation is a little bit different. We came from being contractors, contract race builders to forming our own brand and breaking away from contracting. So when we were selecting our squad, we selected people that would grow with us. Um, you know, so when we have a staff of 50, those will be the first 50. You know? um, mm-hmm. So they all have a, a skill set there. And um, some of them will definitely have the opportunity to, um, well, some of them already are, are earning um, commissions or a some form of payment in exchange for what um, they bring to the table, whether it be helping with social media interactions or driving registrations or um, driving adaptive teams to, to register for our events. But as far as earning a commission off of having people purchase products or register for races or, or anything of that nature, that is just basically stripped down to sales, online sales and how good of a salesperson you can be and how motivated you are at it. And we have had ambassadors, um, you know, whether it's commission related or non-commission related, being a good ambassador and getting selected for the ambassador team are two totally different things. <laughs> so, <laughs> sadly, but, um, you know, if, if you have a sales and marketing mindset, driving a um, base revenue through ambassadorships is definitely possible, but it is a daily, it's a daily grind. It's a daily Mm -hmm. thing that you have to stay on top of every single day. So do you have any tips, tricks, secrets for a successful brand ambassador? Like what kind of content do you feel drives like code usage or anything else um, that your top ambassadors are using today? Always ask a question in your post that will engage people. You know, if you just, I never thought of that. (laughs) If if you just post that, Hey, it's metal Monday. Here's my metal. That's one thing. But if you say, um, I was lucky enough to compete Saturday and won second place and da, 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 da. And you know, here's my metal. Show me your bling. Um, I typically like all of our ambassadors for companies that I represent, go through a small little webinar about social media posts that helps them understand how to post, um, what apps are helpful to use to repost or create graphics in order to put logos over them and those kind of things. But the number one tip I would say is to always ask a question within the first few sentences of your post so that people will engage. Um, In the algorithms of Instagram, you know, you need I think it's four comments of four words or more in the first hour to really drive up that post. So, um, you know, just, just engaging with, with a question. People will say, if you say, show me your bling or tell me what you earned this weekend, people are way more apt to, to do that than they are to engage in a post where you're just showing your medal or talking about your accomplishments. Amazing. You're definitely making me like rethink all of my posts for the rest of the week. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, oh, don't be know, sorry. One thing, <laughs> one thing that helps me is just having a social media calendar. Um, we've got some huge things coming up for Legendborn um, that will be going live in the next couple weeks. And 
you know, in order to schedule those posts in there, um, I, I typically will do, you know, um, when it's race season, it'll be a medal Monday or an accomplishment Monday and a meet the team Thursday and training Tuesday. You know, if you have some sort of a skeleton like that, it helps you so that you're not every Tuesday morning sitting there going, oh, what am I going to post today? What, you know, um, because when you have an afterthought and you have to force content, so it, it's important to pre-plan those and in order to to get the interaction and you know look at your insights and in my opinion most most all instagrams if you're trying to be an ambassador an influencer or a partner of any sort with companies you need to have a business page um my personal page is a business page but that's and that's because you can see your insights you can see who is on an interactive on your newsfeed when you know when when the most active times are mm -hmm. and that's when you try to schedule your post or you decide to interact with people or do a giveaway or post a reel or whatever it is that that you're targeting that day so you know just really planning ahead helps uh i wanted to circle back real quick because earlier in the podcast i mentioned uh legendborn i was on the team last year it was 2020 and i'm actually it's good to hear that moving forward this season there's going to be more of a structure to the social media because i know that was actually my biggest gripe uh with the team last year since they lost their uh ambassador uh manager partway through the year it just kind of fell apart so it is good to see that there is going to be some representation through the team because it ended up kind of being a repetitive series of posts last year. <laughs> yeah. And I, I wasn't involved with Legendborn um, for the majority of last year. So I can't really speak to that, but we have got an amazing yeah. group this year and um, just a lot of, uh, I, I revamped the entire program. I'll tell you that for sure. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> and you, know, That's you, great you to have hear. to reward your, your team. Nobody is going to do anything yeah. for nothing. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm a big, big, big believer in nothing comes for free. So that works both ways. So, you know, just because you're an ambassador for the race brand doesn't mean you're getting a free race. Yeah. It means you're going to have a very good opportunity to earn free races for you, your friends, your family, whatever, you know. But um, there are always going to be goals that have to be met in order to get those rewards. And the same thing across any ambassador team that I manage will be that way. Um, you know, you, you put in and, and you get back on both ends. And I feel like engaging those different ambassador teams to drive whatever it is that you're trying to, whatever your goal is, mm -hmm. utilizing those ambassadors to do it. And then in turn, once they've done what you've asked them to do, rewarding them with free races or merch credits or whatever it is. Um, it, it just continues to drive them to do more for your brand. I've been a part of um, ambassadorships where we were expected to post, you know, three times a week and tag the X brand. And, you know, and in the end, it really, you really got nothing out of it other than being able to say you were an ambassador for that company. And it wasn't, um, it, it didn't work for me. You know, I was working, I was working for free for a company just for a title. So I'd never want our ambassadors to feel that way. I want them to feel like they are very much rewarded for the efforts they put in for any company. Fantastic. That's so good to hear. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, it should always be mutually beneficial. If one person is working harder than the other in a relationship, it's not working out. Um, 
And I think a lot of people need to understand that because there are race brands or companies that do ask a lot of their brand ambassadors and they're really just looking for that free marketing and they're not um, following up on their end. Exactly. 100%. And, you know, using your hashtags and that is so important because that is how I track what my team Mm -hmm. posts, you know, because a lot of them don't tag. So if they don't, if they don't use the hashtag, I can't track it. And therefore they don't get any points in my book. (laughs) If they didn't, they didn't do what they were supposed to do, you know, and, and using those guidelines is important for me. It helps me in my position anyway. Definitely. And it helps them grow as, you know, their social media brands or their social media um, tags as well. With, within the last couple of weeks, I've really been trying to boost my OCR trainer page. So I was going and liking just three hashtags. I would go through and just start liking all of the posts with certain hashtags. And I found that my OCR trainer page grew by like 200 followers within one week just from liking other people's posts and really boosting my engagement on other people's pages. Um, So just using those hashtags to identify people with like-minded interests will boost more of the engagement and um, the people getting eyes on your things. Absolutely. And, you know, one, one other thing that I, I wouldn't suggest that somebody trying to get on the team next year use the team hashtags, but definitely use company hashtags. I mean, I picked one ambassador simply for the fact that she hashtagged or tagged one of my brands and everything she did that pertained to OCR last year. And I loved it. I mean, she was wanting to be on the squad or the team and doing more than some of the team members that were already on it. So, you know, use using hashtags to, to preempt your application is not a bad idea either. <laughs> Wait, so somebody who hashtags and tags you over the entire year is more likely to get on the team than somebody who's hashtagging and tagging as soon as their application goes through? So not, not necessarily just like that, but <laughs> yeah, no, so but in the, the scenario I'm talking about, we had, um, I had an amb- a, a girl that just loved our brand, our race brand. And she would tag or hashtag us in everything she did OCR related. If she had a training post or can't wait to get to XX venue and run a, a course by, um, you know, she would use my hashtag, that race director chick. And it really caught my attention. Now I had ambassadors for brands last year that did a lot less than she did. So they weren't brought back. That's <laughs> what I mean. <laughs> they, she took their spot literally because they had, um, you know, they didn't use their hashtags. They didn't use what they were supposed to do, but this girl really was trying to get the attention of our brand or, or my attention, I guess. And she, it worked and she's on the team this year. So, awesome. you know, preempting your applications is definitely a good thing. And it, it, it's funny, regardless of what company it is, when you put applications out there, you see a huge spike in people tagging and hashtagging you <laughs> during the application process. Yeah, definitely. And we've noticed a lot in the sport where there are some people that, you know, just kind of want to collect all of the different brand ambassadorships. So they're 
going to start hashtagging and tagging as soon as an application comes out. And we just figure if a brand already sees your stuff coming in, if they know your name, you're more likely going to get on. So being that loyalty throughout the year is gives you a better shot to make it on than somebody who, you know, starts tagging your brand, you know, when they hear applications are opening up on X day. 100%. And I don't just look at a few weeks back, you know, I will scroll through a full year of which picking teams for 2021 was difficult because of the fact that 2020 there was not a lot going on but those who continued to train and continued to post you know it was easy to tell who stayed motivated during those times for sure awesome okay well then julie do you have any more tips tricks secrets of um from a marketing perspective that you want to um close us out with but just, you know, once you get selected on a team, be a good ambassador, you know, and if and if it's not something that's fit for you once you get there, just let your let your uh, ambassador coordinator know, hey, this is really a little bit more than I thought it was going to be. I'm going to bow out. Or if you're eager to help, let them know, hey, I'm eager to help. What can I do? Because I can promise you right now with the skeleton crews and just about every company in OCR, we all are wearing a million hats and, and that can definitely get you um, a little bit, a little bit further along in the uh, process of whatever it is your goal or outcome is to be an ambassador captain or even, you know, we, we have hired and will hire from our ambassador crew um, for when positions come open. So, you know, that's, being a good ambassador is very important and helpful to your coordinators. <laughs> awesome. Then Julie, where can people find you online? The Phoenix race OCR.com is our race site. Our team site is OCRaddicts.com. And of course, Legendborn is Legendborn.com. Awesome. And you personally, do you have any other plugs you want to give? Um, my Instagram is Jules, J-U-L-E-S underscore O-C-R addicts, A-D-D-I-X. And I think that's it. Then Julie, thank you so much for coming on. And I think we're going to have to try and make it down to a Phoenix O-C-R coming up soon. I would love it. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today, Julie. Thank you. You have a good day. Um, I love all the points that Julie brought up in that, um, how to be a genuine person on social media, but also how you are in real life. I think a lot of people miss that. They try and put on this persona. But um, I also loved that she understood what we're talking about, which is companies uh, supporting you and not just you supporting them. Right. I mean, and kind of speaking on that, like I kind of want to bring into, you know, like you said, you have to have the companies kind of interact with their ambassadors, right? So that's why, I mean, for all three ambassadorships that I have, um, being Caterpie, Ultra, and Endurly, there is a private Facebook uh, group where we can interact directly with one another as ambassadors, but also directly to the company. So for Ultra, there is uh, the person who leads the Ultra Red team. Um, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say their name, so I'm not going to. Um, but 
they you will interact with us directly. They give us, you know, what's going on with the company, where they're headed, what their goals are. Every single month, they send out a newsletter. Same thing with uh, Caterpie. You know, they're, you know, they interact with us directly. Now, Charles, can you kind of hit on that? Like, was that something that was a thing for Legendborn? Like, did you feel like you got, like you could interact um, with, you know, kind of top management there and everything? Or is that kind of one of the reasons why you kind of pulled away from them a little bit? It was an interesting case because they, with COVID last year, they had to lay off some of their staff. So their ambassador manager and um, their mark, one of their marketing people who was in charge of the ambassadors got laid off. So they handed the reins over to a fellow racer. And it just kind of, I mean, I think it was a little bit of an experience because I have friends who are also still on the team. And I openly talked with them about the problems and they had already talked to them. And it was just kind of like a back and forth of like, What it came down to was definitely it's some inexperience of running social media, and it may be a little bit of driving your own social media. But now that I've like parted ways, it's no way that I actually want this to come off as I'm shitting on Legendborn because they're actually I still wear their products. They're still like really well built products. It just wasn't for me, and that's kind of what I want people to know is like sometimes the product's not like you may like the product, but the ambassadorship may not be for you. And it just wasn't working for me. And it's something that has happened with me and other products in the past. Um, I've I've had, I was on Oral IV and Monk Pack um, for both. Oh, good on Monk Pack. I haven't yeah. heard of them in a long time. I was are they still the- around? Yes, they are. They're yes. still delicious. Um, yeah, but um, 2017, I just came across like my times weren't, as good i wasn't in the best of shape and i was putting a lot of pressure on myself to do stuff and it just kind of came down to i wasn't performing for myself in races i was performing for the companies right so i was trying to i was trying to perform for oral iv in monk pack and i got to a point where i was just sitting down and i was like you know what i'm gonna drop just i'm just gonna drop my spot uh i was gonna drop my ambassadorship with oral iv and at the time the way monk pack ran their stuff was you, it wasn't an ambassadorship. It was kind of like sponsorship. You were on their athlete team. Um, and they just kind of like, I'd reach out to both and I said, Hey, I've appreciated being here, but it's not what I'm looking for. I need to like take this pressure off myself and just refine who I am and start over again. And I kind of, it took a year and then I rebuilt and went back out and found the companies I wanted to represent, which is what it should be. It should always be about what you want to present and not performing to someone else's needs because there is going to be a pressure of like there's going to be a pressure of representing and getting your posts out and if you're trying to sit there and get your posts out like oh i have to do this i have like i'm trying to come up with a company like it just whatever random company like oh i have to do my post for this week and you just kind of randomly throw out the product and the post is like oh i I have a story about that yeah everyone's gonna see it yeah um and i think you touched on a really good point we need to be able to tell a company no thank you we need to be able to say hey this isn't working and it's not just about oh i'm not gonna post anymore directly say hey listen like this isn't working out for me anymore i need this 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 or you know this is taking away from my performance and not enough people are doing that people are just collecting brand ambassadorship upon brand ambassadorship i think it got to the point in 
I think 2019 where CBD was really coming up on the scene. And I think I saw people carrying like three different CBD brand ambassadorships at once. Yeah. Both of us were on Elevate. Yeah. And I, I think I saw a lot of people like some pro team members that were on Elevate, but then they also got onto Riverbend and they couldn't uh-huh. tell one no or say, hey, listen, like I got a better offer or whatever else. Like you should have a product that represents you for, you know, whatever you want. But if your products are overlapping each other, are either one really doing you any favors or any good for you? So yeah, like be able to say no right to them and say, this isn't working for me anymore. We need more of that in the sport and less of the here, take my code. I completely agree. And I mean, kind of going into that, you know, and we already talked about Charles and what the thing, you know, things that you had to post, I mean, Megan, I mean, what are your insights? I mean, for the companies that, you know, that you represent, I mean, is there anything where you do get to that point? I mean, has there been any instances where you've said, whoa, I don't feel comfortable doing that? Or are the limitations of what they're wanting you to kind of post, like, are, are they okay? Or, or has there been a point for you where you've said, no, I definitely don't want to do that? So there was actually a local meal prep company here in New England that reached out to me. They signed on with Spartan. They saw me posting. They came into the gym a couple times and they reached out to me to become a brand ambassador. They were going to give me you know, $100 worth of free meal prep a week. They gave me a code and they said, okay, you need to post on your story once a week and you need to post on your feed every other week. Um, And then, you know, use our code and we'll track commissions. And I was doing that. It got really tough to make posts with meal prepped food because one, you know that the food they're sending you is not the pretty, you know, photogenic pictures that they're posting. Like, I'm sorry, you sent me a frozen meal that I then put in the microwave. And now you want to take a picture of me eating it, post it on my social (laughs) media. There are only so many ways people want to look at somebody eating food, especially if the food is not very attractive. Um, But You know, the meal prepping actually really did help me. So I didn't have to spend as much in groceries or whatever else. I did get a few clients that signed on. But of course, they are also sponsored by Spartan. So they show up to a Spartan race and the code they're giving my clients at a Spartan race are greater than the code that they gave me. So instead of me getting the credit for getting them their new client, I just kind of I'm not mentioned at all and they take their money. So then eventually it actually turned out they emailed me and they're like, well, you haven't brought in any new clients for us. So we're just going to drop you. It's like, well, I did, but you gave a better discount code because at the end of the day, how many people have not gone onto the Google machine and said, oh, what's the best discount code I can find online for insert company here? Good old Google machine. Good old Google machine. (laughs) We we are all on some kind of discount sites and we just want to get products for as cheap as humanly possible. So um, I think personally, we need to do away from all of these codes and like just have a place when you're checking out saying, hey, who referred you? Like you're going to see more brand ambassador names coming up in a referred by than a brand ambassador code popping up in a discount 
Right. And I think that's why a lot of companies are, are kind of going and leaning towards that way, at least in terms of trying to grow organically. Now, I know both you and I are on Caterpie. We have our own Caterpie codes, mm -hmm. but at the same time, they're not forcing us, at least I don't believe in the, you know, the three or four years that I've been on them. They've never forced me to push my code. It's like, if you want to do it your own discretion. And I, I do it very organically. I do it in my original, like, Hey, I'm on the team post. Um, but nine times out of 10, the only time I'm actually giving away my code is if someone actually, I think, like you said, messages me and says, Hey, I see you're using, you know, these laces or this product or whatever it is, you know, do you have a discount code? That's a much more organic way to kind of, Oh, 100%. You know, give, that, give that to people rather than the company saying you need to post X amount of times per, uh, per week, like that, uh, meal prep service, and you need to put your code in every single one blah, 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 right? That's where it becomes very disingenuous, right? Now, for me and in, in my, you know, my um, ambassador um, kind of realm, so for Ultra, we have to post, um, anytime we post a post that is directly geared toward Ultra, they want us to use the hashtag ad and or the lines that say that we were given the product for free. Now, I'm 100% okay with that because that's more so them covering their butts in terms of they want us to be very authentic and saying, you know, yes, take this, but take this with a grain of salt because I was given this product for free. But they also told us to give 100% feedback, right? You know, mm -hmm. good, bad, or ugly. You know, that's why I've done shoe reviews on my YouTube channel for Ultra. And if something's bad about the shoe, they're okay with me saying that it's bad. But at the same time, Escalante they just want me to twos. say, I'm sorry. The Escalante twos. Yes. So I wear the Escalante twos, but I was not a fan of them. Now the 2.5s, 2.5s are good. Hey, twos, I've been running in the 2.5s for months. Yeah. The 2.5s are great. Uh, the twos, they pinched my pinky toe. And like, that's why I'm, I'm okay with, you know, saying like, Hey, I love this company, but this particular shoe or this particular model had some issues and they like that. They, they take that as, you know, good constructive criticism and good feedback. At the same time, they have to make sure that they're covering their liabilities and saying, you know, that we post that, you know, we were given the product for free and or at a discount. So I'm okay with doing that versus those companies that basically just say, Hey, say this and give a code, right? That's very disingenuous. Right. I think more companies need to start putting right up front, like, this is what we expect from our brand ambassadors. Actually, um, putting this out online, I heard from two different athletic brewing ambassadors talking about their rewards program instead of like a commission base. And, and one person actually went into detail and said that they're told up front, they will earn more rewards with certain amount of posts. And that includes posting with the products, but also showing that they're getting the products into people's hands, like into new athletic brewing drinkers' hands. Um, obviously, a referral code usage, hosting virtual workouts. And um, Jason, who posted this, did then say bringing up product on podcast with a wink face. So I think we're supposed to talk about that so he gets that referral. And hey, I'm going to tell everybody right now, if you're listening to this, hopefully all week we've been posting on our social media. We want to know who you are a brand ambassador for. We want to help you out because we are all in on the grind. So no shame. Like we want to help you. 
we're, we'll try and post codes or whatever else to see if maybe we can get some more people some commission because I know not a lot of people are getting that commission off of their referral codes. But, you know, let's see if we can make some people some money. In that regards, uh, shameless plug for Hoover Fitness <laughs> for Garrett. Uh, shameless plug for Caterpie. 20 Derek for 20% off or Derek 20, whatever it is. Unless you want to use Megan's code. Or Megan Beck. Megan B20, I don't know. See, Charles, I just do you want to plug, plug yours? I put my codes in the link tree. So if you want to know where my codes are, just go into my link tree and um, it should like auto populate. Yeah. Let's, uh, for my codes, let's see if uh, Saber 20 still works on Oral IV from three years ago. Um, or, go ahead and see if it works on Elevate Hemp as well. Yes. Oral IV is still a company. I'm sorry, but that's one company that I can never get behind because I think they were like the first form Gymshark kind of company of getting everybody and anybody. And I think their product's bullshit, mm -hmm. but that's just me. So it's funny you mention Oral IV because actually a couple of years ago, I got um, somebody reached out to me on Instagram from like one of those marketing firms. Uh -huh. And they're like, hey, we have a paid campaign we want you to run. We'll pay you $50 for uh, 30 days. Use, you know, plug the code. You only have to make like one or two posts. I'm like, sure, whatever. Um, what, let, like, if I believe in the product, I'll sign on. They're like, so the product is Oral IV. And I was like, oh, well, I actually have been wanting to get myself some Oral IV because Killington is next month. And, you know, I want to make sure that I have something for hydration because it goes Killington and Tahoe and so on and so forth. So I then went, on and I did this, you know, $50 paid campaign for Oral IV. I used, I got the free product and then I used the code they give me just to get more product. I still have that Oral IV sitting like in all of my gear just in case I ever need it for my big races. Um, but since then, like that, apparently that campaign went so well for me because I actually knew about the product and could market it. They're like, oh, hey, let's try another campaign. And then they sent me this like horrible mobility thing that hurts and it I, doesn't work on me. And I just like couldn't fake it. So they just, I never heard from them again. I don't know. I guess if I don't believe in the product, I don't do very well. Weird. It's it's uh it's funny though you made money off of oral IV. I had people who were using my oral IV code and I never saw a cent from that. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, ouch. yeah. Uh, I mean, if it makes you feel any better, I was using Battle Frog codes and making money off of Battle Frog, and then they went out of business and uh, I lost money. Oh, so <laughs> I I had races signed up with it and we lost money, but um, rip. Speaking of race brands, so obviously everybody under the sun has been a Spartan race brand ambassador, or at least everybody has known a Spartan race brand ambassador 50. Um, and Jess on Instagram, Jessica said that for her, the Spartan race brand ambassadorship has been a game changer. In fact, within the last year, they've provided social media training to teach people how to improve things like their insights and their engagement. But when hearing that, actually, I had gotten a message from, and I'm going to butcher your name, Ewald. I'm pretty sure it's a German name, but you live in the Netherlands. So I'm speaking that W like the German V. So he actually wrote me 
a whole long thing about his experience. He said, personally, I've submitted an application for Spartan Netherlands three years in a row now. Each year around November, December, they post on Instagram or Facebook that applications are opened and you can submit a Google form they set up. They ask about your Instagram account, Facebook account, experience with Spartan races in the past and plans for Spartan and your coverage for Spartan for the coming year. Then a couple months later, around February, usually, you'll start to see the first Dutch Spartans celebrating that they've been selected by posting about it on Instagram. For Spartan Netherlands and some other Western European countries, while the country does get its own pool of ambassadors, they are underneath actually not a proper Spartan organization as they are controlled by slash from Germany. At least that's what I've been told talking to several people involved with the Dutch races who I've spoken to over the years. Volunteering for a Dutch Spartan race two years ago, I've also seen how everyone in charge is either from Spartan Germany or borrowed from France or Spain, quite the international affair. I know Andrea has done some work with Spartan Netherlands, keeping up with the social media accounts, for instance, but I'm not sure if nowadays there's a proper crew within the Netherlands organizing the races or if it's still a all done from Germany. At least in 2018-2019, it was all Germany. 2020 was canceled. Speaking of which, it appears all European 2020 ambassadors have simply been renewed for 2021 as they've not opened a new application process for this year. So in the US, we have people who don't even have 100 Instagram followers getting selected for Spartan. And then Spartan tells them, here, use our graphics. Here, you need to post these codes you need to post these hashtags but then overseas with the international brand ambassadors we're not quite sure what they're looking for it would we would love to see things like a spartan all align and say okay we want this kind of engagement these kinds of posts but i know that um evolved i see him liking my stuff on all of my accounts following everything he doesn't have terrible engagement or followers. He has more followers than I've seen in Spartan ambassadors here in the States. So I'm really curious why he is applying year over year and never getting um, added onto their brand ambassadorship. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, in, in those regards, I mean, do you think, you know, ambassadorships, are they, you know, a positive thing? you know, in our community, in our sport of OCR, or is it a negative thing, kind of neutral? I mean, where do you guys stand on that? And then, you know, kind of final thoughts on, you know, the whole ambassadorship program as a whole for companies. Personally, I think we have turned ambassadorships into this massive obsession. People think that they're judged based on the companies that they support or that they, the companies that quote unquote back them when they really actually don't. Realistically, majority of the companies are just taking advantage of us. We have to find the really good companies like the Gooders, the Caterpies, um, at least for me, that go out of their way to promote a community and not just a brand. Right. And I think, you know, I think we all, all three of us kind of agree that, you know, it needs to be a company that you align yourself with, you align your goals with, your training with, and your, you know, your overall lifestyle with. And that it should be a, you know, give and take from each side, right? The company should give you something and you should give the company something in return, right? I mean, that is the whole point of kind of having a successful ambassadorship program. Um, I just think a lot of companies are kind of missing the mark on it. And unfortunately, 
there's a lot of people and, you know, quote unquote, you know, Instagram and social media influencers that are falling victim to that trap of, you know, pushing codes, right. And being, you know, disingenuous. And I think that's kind of where we're seeing the, the disconnect between people who agree with ambassadorships and people who look at ambassadorships and are kind of like, you know, get the hell out of my face. Right. Um, so I think you should back companies that you agree with and that you believe in, and there shouldn't be anything else kind of beyond that. Personal it should be a partnership and not a exactly. dictatorship. I think it has like, especially with Honor Sport, it's gotten a little better within the past couple of years because uh, a couple of years ago, we used to have people who were running around in tights who just had sponsorships out the wazoo down their tights. And that was even before. We're a NASCAR race. Exactly. We had NASCAR. So we had NASCAR racers in our, in our heats. Now it's gotten a little better. Granted, it's because we've had companies come and go. But I think we are starting to also see just people wake up to, we're starting to shake out the people who are actual genuine athletes who are actually like out here using this product and not just like, here's my pretty face or here's my body. And we're going to just try and get this product or I'm going to buy this hat and I'm just going to wear this until this company notices me. I think we're getting better in that sense. And I actually do think a lot of this may be dispelling that it's all, it's not also about the numbers of people you have. Uh, you can have thousands of followers but if you're as long as if you only have 100 and you have a pretty good engagement, that's really what matters on this. It's not about the actual follow count right now. It's really just who you are as a person. And that's kind of what you need to keep going with if you are looking to get more ambassadorships is to just stay who you are and don't force a product to be part of you. And hey, I mean, I see a bunch of people in this sport, you know, racing as much as they possibly can. We had a comment from Debbie Kohler. And if you guys don't know the Kohler family, they are all absolutely amazing. Um, she said that brand ambassadorships make racing affordable for them as a family of four. Even if you just get the discount codes, if it brings the cost of racing down, yeah, sure. Go ahead, collect those brand ambassadorships. Um, I think people definitely need to have an understanding that you're most likely not going to make anything off of a coupon code commissions. They don't happen all that often. Um, but just recognize the products that you really use and get as much as you can out of the partnership. But again, it needs to be a two-way street. Don't just buy into a product because they say, hey, you can make some money if you push this code. And you know what, guys? I think uh, I think we covered a lot of good stuff today. We uh, we got a lot of good pointers out there, and I hope everyone listening takes a lot of the stuff into effect. I know a lot of this isn't exact criteria, but together, all three of us have a lot of experience in this, and we are hoping to shed some light on it. Um, yeah, pretty much. I mean, I mean, leave us some comments and let us know your guys' feedback on ambassadorships and sponsorships and everything as a whole in our sport. But I mean. That's honestly our, our genuine take on it. There's a lot of different ways you can kind of view it, but we think ultimately at the end of the day, you should represent companies that you believe in and companies that are going to represent and help you grow as an athlete as well. Remember guys, we are trying to continue on the conversation past here. So yeah, you can listen to what we think, but please continue to comment your insights and we are going to continue to share them on our Facebook, on our Instagram we want to keep the conversations alive. This is a podcast. 
by the middle of the pack, for the middle of the pack, we are the voice for you. So please tell us your insights and we are going to continue to get it out to the community. All right. And yep, you can follow me, Derek Rosansky, um, on Instagram at obstacle underscore activist. You can also follow my YouTube that has been slowly dying at obstacle activist. I promise I will post videos shortly of me talking more shit. Uh, or you can find me on Facebook, which is just Derek Rosansky. Um, you can follow me at Sabretooth underscore OCR on Instagram. Um, that is S-A-B-R-E-T-O-O-T-H underscore OCR. Um, that's really all you can find me. And I am Maggie B-A-T-C. I am the OCR trainer on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Also, like and subscribe to our podcast. Download them on whatever format you prefer. We are on Spotify, Apple Pod, Podbean, Google Podcasts, TuneIn Alexa. We are across the board on stuff, wherever you need to listen. So give us a rating, a review. That'd be great. That really gets more eyes on this. And you can follow us on Facebook at Middle of the Pack Pod. Same thing on Instagram, Middle of the Pack Pod, and on Twitter, Mid Pack Pod. Also on our Instagram, we have our link tree to any place you want to find us. Thank you again for listening to us, and thank you for being part of our pack.